Welcome to Punchmark's Jewelers Survival Kit podcast, which covers the coronavirus pandemic and how it's affecting the jewelry industry. Each episode will focus on a specific topic with guests such as retail jewelers, jewelry manufacturers, and marketing professionals in the hopes that their shared experiences may help others in the jewelry industry. This week, we're sitting down with Dick Abbott from The Edge, the jewelry industry's leading point-of-sale software. Dick has worked in the industry for over 40 years, not only as the creator of The Edge, but as a store owner himself. As jewelers look to reopen, Dick will discuss with us his tips for transitioning back and especially tell us why it's so important to get rid of old inventory and bring in new stock. My name is Tommy Rhodes, lead developer at Punchmark, and this episode will be hosted by Ross Cockrum, our CEO and co-founder. COVID-19 cases continue to rise worldwide, but many countries are beginning a slow transition, allowing some businesses to reopen and lifting certain social distancing and shelter-in-place restrictions. As a result, retail locations are considering how best to restart some of their operations. With decades of retail jewelry experience, Dick Abbott is here to give us his advice for a smooth transition back. So, Dick, thanks so much for joining me today on the Jewelers Survival Kit podcast. It's my pleasure, Ross. Uh, thank you for inviting me on here. Dick Abbott is the owner of the Edge Software uh, for Jewelers. And, um, you know, according to InStore Magazine, the Edge Software was shown to be the market leader with over five times the number uh, of users than the second place uh, software. Uh, and so, from your perspective, can you tell me, how do you envision retailers making the best use of your software when reopening their doors after this pandemic? Well, Rossi, you and I know each other for years now, and you you know um, that I'm just a fanatic about old inventory. The uh, pandemic caused the perfect storm. It, it has given good reason for people to want to support their favorite jewelry stores. There's no denying that. The um, good customers do not want their jewelry store going out of business. And uh, too many jewelers, in my opinion, have too much inventory. They have far more inventory in stock than they need for their level of sales. And that's largely due to the amount of accumulated old inventory that these stores have. This is an ideal time to get rid of some of that product. It kind of couldn't be better. You have uh, um, strong emotional feelings about matters, about getting their jewelers back up and running again. And um, my advice would be to do some type of uh, bloodletting on the old inventory. Product that is over a year and a half old has a probability, uh, a 90% probability, of celebrating its fifth anniversary in that store. That's how, uh, th- th- those are from the numbers that we've developed over a lot of years experience. Some jewelers might argue that it is sooner than that. And I would tell them, yes, that they won't hang on to it that long. I will tell you that their sales, however, overall will suffer if all they're showing people is old inventory. Uh, so they, I mean, it, that hurts. Old inventory hurts. It just slows down the amount of sales that you uh, potentially have. So long story short, 
uh, my advice is to get rid of as much old inventory as you possibly can under these uh, uh, conditions because they're perfect for getting rid of it. The store will be in a far better position. They will have cashed up if they've accomplished that. And, and if that's all they accomplish is to get dollar for dollar on the stock. And uh, that's what I would advocate. Just get your dollars back out. It gets the business working again. It greases the wheels. It uh, allows you to, to, to run again, unencumbered. I mean, with some money in your pocket. I worry about vendors. You and I have had that discussion before. They uh, play a key role in this business. Without them, we wouldn't have a business. And I do know that some of them are suffering and could use an infusion of cash. Would love to see the retailers do uh, everything they can to get some money flowing in their direction. And I can't think of a better way than to get rid of product that is not doing the stores any good as quickly as possible, turning that into cash, putting, infusing some of that into their business and also getting caught up with uh, some of their vendors. Nice, yeah, that's great advice. Um, I, I, I hear that the, the common uh, you know, ratio is, what is it, 50% of your volume should be inventory? Like if you're a million dollar store, you should have 500,000 in inventory, or is, is that still the case? Well, that's gonna depend. Um, I could only tell you my own personal experience, and some people don't know, I guess, that I had a store. My children have it now. I gave it to them about 10 years ago. And uh, and look, I was never in the store. I was always ever an absentee owner, but I, uh, I developed the software to let me manage it from a distance. The last year I was involved, we did a million forty-nine thousand out of a $235,000 inventory. Wow. So um, that's what's possible. Uh, it's not possible if you just sell into that inventory. It's only possible when you keep the average investment at the average investment all the time. So you're selling something from it and you're replacing it quickly. And uh, and so your stock doesn't diminish. I mean, it does uh, fluctuate, but on a two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollar inventory, it might go between two twenty and two fifty. But it's always in that range, and it always has fresh merchandise in it in the uh, in the categories and the and uh, the price points that the store sells. The uh, the more you turn it, the less you need invested at any any given time, obviously. Uh, to answer your question, though, if it's more specifically, I find too many jewelers have twice as much inventory as they need. A million-dollar store would do very well with $400,000 worth of inventory, very, very well. The, uh, we, we had a, a user who does over $5 million out of $600,000 inventory. Wow. And uh, once again the uh that particular jeweler reorders the day he sells so if he sells thirty thousand dollars worth of product out of the store that evening he's got thirty thousand dollars coming back in right and uh and he doesn't let anything get over um six months 
Wow. And, and if an edge user specifically wanted to move some aged inventory, what's, what's the best way to logistically do this? Yeah, yeah I, I give circuitous kind of answers, as you know. You know me long enough. Um, yeah, and what I've seen is I've seen people or jewelers, not people, but they, well, they are people, um, retail jewelers do their annual sales and they put things on sale at 50%, 40%, and 20% and likes of that. And uh, the net of that is that they're probably in worse, a worse situation than they were when they started. And that uh, they sell most of this new stuff at a smaller discount and they have to go out and buy more stuff. So, so they don't get the use of the ready cash and the proportions of inventory, you know, they skew in the, in the wrong direction because they're still left with the old stuff. There's too much of it. But um, the edge has the ability to identify your best customers. And uh, at the click of a button, you could see um, who those best customers are. Here's a report in there called the Customer Performance Report that breaks um, the total sales into 10 stratifications. And, and you could look at each and every one of them and see how many customers are in the first 10%. So how many customers gave me 10% of my total income? The number is astoundingly low. How many gave me the next 10%? That number is very, very low. And so on, you, you get up to like 80% of your total sales are coming from 15, 18, 20% maybe. And so the old 80, 20 is, uh, is in effect. So I would urge them to, uh, to use that report, find out who those customers are, scour that, find out if they have any, uh, anything on uh, their wish list and go out and work that wish list, go out and work those customers, find product that would appeal to uh, to those customers, call them on the phone. We we had a jeweler who found himself at the end of 2008 in a real jackpot, you know, because the timing every, everything just worked against them. He built a new store. He took on Rolex uh, to dealership, and uh, and he took on Takori and whatever and whatever. He really got in a bind, and he called me, and. Uh, he said, Dick, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need a, a quarter million dollars. I said, well, you know, don't panic. Let's just take a look and see what we have here. And, and I took a look and then I said to him, if I came in and plopped down a quarter million dollars on uh, your countertop, would you give me product at cost equal to a quarter million dollars? He said in a heartbeat which was the answer I was looking for because the guy had a gazillion dollars worth of inventory. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, good, because you don't have a problem. Long story short, here we identified every customer that had bought uh, in his store an item over $25,000. And then we identified all the old product that he had in the store that was over 20000 bucks. We started at the $20,000. And my advice to him was to call these people. And... Uh, it's 2009 now. We've just gone through this great recession. We've never had anything like that that we've seen. And uh, I, I think after 20, 
25, 26 calls. He had his quarter million dollars. That's awesome. And uh, he, he didn't have big distress signs all over his beautiful new store or anything like that. And he had his money. Cash yes. up is my uh, is my mantra for the uh, for the next couple of months. Just cash up. Yeah, that's great advice. And and so you're you're saying from a clienteling standpoint, you know, there, there still needs to be a curation of these products or even you know a matchmaking, so to speak, right? For you know finding. Oh, the sure, right you people. bet. You you bet. You know, I mean, you could just put a um, a bunch of stuff out and invite a bunch of people to come in and uh, see it and. We all know how that works. You know, I mean, it does have an effect. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But when you target the cu- the customer and you match them up and you semi-make that decision for them already, you'd be mm. surprised at how much easier it is to make that sale. Sure. I remember you once saying to me that, you know, old inventory or aged inventory is, is the bane of this jewelry's, jewelry industry's existence. Can you elaborate on that, on how, how much that messes up and becomes a cog in the, the cog in oh, the wheel? Oh, boy. Let me count the ways. <laughs> the, the first is obvious. You know, the first is very obvious, and, and that uh, you accumulated, it's uh, uh, insidious. You know, I like to say it's, uh, I don't like to say this, but it is like cancer. It, it just continues to grow, and you, you don't realize it until you realize it. It has a bigger effect than just the cost, that it, just the money that is tied up in it. Uh, it does tie up money that could be otherwise used for, for a better purpose. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But it, it makes selecting product harder for the customers, you know, and that they have to wade through a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and uh, they have to wade through it just to find what it is that they're that they're looking for and that brings a smile to my face although you can't see it because i did a presentation when i saw the hundred people sitting in front of me as bunny rabbits at jck and and i'm saying hey they're going to go buy some really really nice product here they're going to bring it back to their shops but they're not going to make it easy for anybody to find because they're going to hide it amongst all that old crap that's still in the cases (laughs) And that, that thought just tickled me. But that's what happens. It gets put in with all the old stuff that accumulates and accumulates. Someone who comes into your store repeatedly and sees the cases set up the same way, sees the same old product where that old product has always been, says nothing changed. And they get the perception that it's same old, same old, even though you did get some new stuff and, and introduce it and put it in the cases uh, a, a new customer, potential new customer comes in and they have to wade through 60% old before they find whatever they're looking for. People get frustrated. You know, they, uh, they'll they only look so far. In uh, soft goods sales, fashion, blouses and dresses and sweaters and things of that nature, the turnarounds that they have in those stores will have 100 items on them. Yet research has determined that a woman will only look at six or seven items before she determines that there is nothing on this turnaround that will satisfy her. And uh, imagine that, you, you know, just imagine that, that 
their 60%, 70% old product on that turnaround. You won't find that in, in uh, fashion retailing. Okay, they're going to be showing their current goods. They got rid of last year's. Jewelers don't do that, and they don't realize, but the effect is the same. Move those old items after another case and uh, see what you could do about getting rid of them in a clearance case. And, and you know, because every every inch in a showcase is such expensive real estate, you know, you're you're saying that now is really the perfect time to to think about what you're putting into the showcases, right? I mean, you kind of, I guess, every retailer has a, a reset button, so to speak, uh, to be able to really think about what they're putting in front of everyone's faces. And they do, Russ, and that's a great way to look at it. Hey, look, I went to a, ju- a jewelry place in a jewelry store in, uh, in New Jersey on my travels. I didn't know the store. I just dropped in to say, hey, uh, I'm on my travels. I was on foot at the time. A jeweler lamented to me how he wasn't doing any business and how he had $2 million worth of, uh, of inventory. And he wasn't doing any business. And he, he wondered why. Well, I could have told him why his jewelry, the $2 million worth of it looked like it could have come out of a bubble gum machine. <laughs> you know, you could have put a quarter in it and gotten one of these. And I say that only because every piece was displayed in a backup display holder, the the type you'd put in the safe, you know, with the, uh, the, the 24 rings in a, in a display, the slots. Oh, yeah. yeah. And even worse than that, and every uh, every pendant was displayed in those little boxes, mm-hmm. uh, little velvet boxes, and uh, they were tattered and horrible looking, and on top of one another, and on top of one another. <laughs> I mean, it, it was horrendous. The uh, he he treated his two million dollars worth of jewelry like it came out of a like it came out of a gumball machine, and I could see why. Uh, you know, he did no business. Wow. Or, or he, yeah. he's typically used to the, the way that vendors do it at trade shows. You know, you, you see the clearance items and those stacks and stacks of rings and it might make sense to a retailer to look at stuff that way, but, but not a consumer. Oh, sure. When we're going to buy it at the show, we expect them to pull out those trays after trays after trays, right. but you don't expect to see all the jewelry in uh, in a retail jewelry store displayed that way. And then on the other side of the coin is how many stores have you gone into? Um, I remember going into a, a finer store and um, I was looking at the, the display cases there. And this was a successful finer store. The, um, the one case, one big case, six foot long or so, maybe had 35 items in it. But boy, you could enjoy each and every one of those pieces sure um all right uh, well aside from um aside from customer reports uh, performance reports and you know connecting those dots to move old inventory uh, to the right people are there any tools in the edge or through its partners that can be valuable to retailers like especially during this time of reopening oh yeah i'm a big fan of uh of drive retail and snap retail. And, and they're kind of like a package where, whereby uh, drive is direct mail. That is for customer retention. We, we'd like to hope that uh, 
edge users would devote 10% of their advertising budget to retention. And, uh, and the rest of it could go for acquisition. But um, some marvelous programs. And the nice part about it is that some 270 of the 600 choices you get from uh, Drive Retail um, become email banners for you. So you carry the whole theme right through. You send the postcard and then you have a, a matching email that uh, you're able to send as well. Uh, Snap, in addition to the email, also does uh, social media posting. Great combination. And, and you take that responsibility away from people at the store. It gets done. You could uh, you, you set up a schedule, and postcards could go on a schedule. So uh, the the edge would look ahead and see who's got birthdays coming up two weeks from now. Um, who's got birthdays coming up two weeks from now that spent over. 1500 bucks with me in the last year. Who's got birthdays coming up that spent 5000 with me? Whatever the case might be. And uh, it, it would just shoot off that information, those customers over to uh, Drive Retail and personalized cards would be made for that target audience. That's fantastic. I think the biggest mm -hmm. takeaway that I've heard people um, you know, really happy about is that there's no minimum on those postcards. So you don't have to, you know, up there is a thousand dollars or, you know, oh, there, there is. is a minimum. Yeah. Okay. You have to send one. <laughs> I had to get that in cause I'm a wise guy. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, but you could send as few as one, one card, one email. And not have to coordinate it either. You don't have to, you know, you, you just kind of set it and forget you, it. And... You just have to give it thought within and, and, Parties on both ends would help you with that, you know, and setting that thing up. Um, you want to keep top of mind. You want your, your to be top of mind with your best customers. Anything short of that is crazy if you're going to be in retail. So if you, you know, who wouldn't invest three bucks to hit his birthday, her birthday and their anniversary? To your top customer who wouldn't do that another uh, part that that i think is uh is so very worthwhile are the uh, warranties where whereby you uh, you know they call them care packages they're they're warranties they give your customers uh peace of mind and, and they give you a a closing tool that can be used uh, effectively as a closing tool and uh and every time you add one to a sale you get half of the uh, the selling price of that care plan. All right. Well, what what would you say is you know your biggest piece of advice for a retail jeweler to think about when reopening their doors and getting back into business? Probably just that I would give you a synopsis of what I just talked about. I guess uh, uh, the, you know the couple of pieces where where I would look at it, again is an opportunity that rarely comes along. Perfect storm, clear out old inventory. We're offering a package to do that. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, where we'll handhold you and we'll select the customers with you. We'll actually uh, help you select the product that you're gonna be putting out in the cases for sale. Uh, we'll give you a script to call out to your top 100 customers. 
to uh, to invite them in for a preview or to uh, you know let them know that there's a special on their wish list items. Just again, get as much money back in that business as quickly as you possibly can, and then um, learn what inventory is selling. Our, our sister company, the Edge Retail Academy, is backing this up and uh, with information, and will provide. Uh, what products are selling best at what price points over uh, 1,100 stores. Awesome. And and to that point, how does someone get started with that program that you offer, um, you know, helping them move old inventory? Is, it, is there someone that someone can, con- you know, reach out to at the edge or um, is there a special form that they can fill out to get started there? You can learn about this program by emailing promo training at ajsllc.com. So for those who didn't get that, that's promo training, no dashes or spaces, at ajsllc.com. Correct. And uh, that will go to the uh, training department. The uh, um, Lenny will review it. Lenny will reach out to you, actually. Um, and he will explain the uh, program to you, how it works and why it works. That's great that you guys have that. It make, makes it easy to, you know, just go through step by step without, you know, having all it's, that guidance and, and everything. It's the least we could do. You know, we, we've tried to do everything we possibly could um, during this crisis. Um, we've done the educational series. We, at last count, last I knew, we had over 6,000 people attend our uh, our webinars. Wow. Now, some of them are repeats because we, we had that many multiple uh, different webinars going on. But at last count, we had well over 6,000 attend that. And it's just kind of our way of wanting to give back, wanting to make these users better, wanting to make them better retailers using our product and our technology. And, uh, and so we're committed to it. And so we put this promo together and I think it's a real winner. All right. Well, um, well, Dick, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share these great insights with us. You know, there, there are lots of people who look up to you, my, myself included, and uh, who are very grateful and, and appreciative to, to hear all your advice. So, so thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Jewelers Survival Kit podcast. We hope that you found this episode informative. I'd like to thank Dick Abbott for joining us today and sharing his insight. Having partners with as much knowledge and experience as The Edge can be a huge asset for jewelers no matter the situation. Hopefully, as we transition back to safely opening storefronts, we can take these lessons and use them to make the industry stronger than it was before. To learn more about this series, please visit punchmark.com slash podcasts. Your feedback is absolutely welcome. If you feel that you have any information, best practices, tips, or insights that might help others in the jewelry industry, please drop us a line so that we might include it in the Jeweler's Survival Kit. From all of us at Punchmark, be safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay positive.